back to Cinema World, and I am your host, David, and it's the end of the month, so it's time for our monthly best and worst. And uh, now that I'm working full-time again, it appears that the days of 80 movie months are behind us for the foreseeable future. Um, it looks like I'll have to be content with 50 or so movies a month, and I'm fine with that. Uh, June was an odd month here cinematically. I watched 58 movies, yet there really wasn't that much that overly stood out as something great. Um, just a bunch of good things that I can talk about and, and recommend if you, if it sounds interesting to you as, as I usually do. Um, I'm reminded of the very few times during my teaching career that we'd finish something, uh, a unit or a project. And I had one day before week off and, and I'm not going to start something new with them. So I just come in and say, listen, I got, I really don't have anything for you. Um, June's kind of like that, but as I mentioned, there are some good things, and as always, there are some bad things, but uh, as far as the bad, we always start with the bad and the worst, uh, but this month, already in episodes, I have crucified Zombies, Zombies 2, Aquarium of the Dead, uh, MacGruber, the, the Ladies' Man, It's Pat the Movie, and uh, Stuart Saves His Family, uh, all this month, so what's left? No worries. There's never a shortage of bombs here at Cinema Wellman, so bombs away. We will begin with a movie from 1940 titled The Howards of Virginia. How odd. Um, I want you to imagine for a minute that you're, uh, it's the 1940s and you are a casting director. And uh, your job is to find an actor working at the time who can fit this character's description. You're looking for an unsophisticated, rustic farmer and surveyor. You have any thoughts about that? Rustic, 1940s, you need somebody who's unsophisticated, and it's a pre-American Revolution period piece, so it's colonial American America, and you need this unsophisticated farmer. Uh, who do you got? And Jimmy Stewart? Jimmy Stewart, he play a farmer. He could play unsophisticated. Yeah, he did that. Uh, John Wayne, Clark Gable, sure, but neither of them could act. Uh, Bill Holden, you get it. Okay, so you get the point. So, um, well, the producers of the Howards of Virginia chose Cary Grant for the part of the unsophisticated rustic farmer. Cary Grant, unsophisticated. Cary Grant, rustic. Um, and the fact that he's English bothered me more than it should have. I realized that half of the colonists at the time were English, but they weren't Cary Grant English. <laughs> On top of all this, the movie is flat out boring. It's terrible. Uh, and it rightfully earned Grant some of the worst reviews of his almost 40 year acting career. Um, I would have steered clear of this if it wasn't nominated for both best sound and best music Oscars. How about the best sophisticated English gentleman playing a farmer, Oscar? Uh, speaking of movies that I would have steered clear of, uh, we have 1998's Buster. Some singers can act. Lady Gaga, Tom Waits, Beyonce, David Bowie, Dwight Yoakam, and the Ices, both T and Cube, just to name a few. They, they can all act. Uh, you've probably seen one or more of them, them in films or TV shows, they can do it. Um, and some singers can really act. Queen Latifah and Margaret, twice, 
and Bette Midler were all Oscar-nominated for acting performances. Jennifer Hudson, Cher, and Frank Sinatra all won Oscars for acting. Now, if my godmother Jojo is watching right now or listening, she's probably saying, "Are you? Are you know? You're talking about singers who are who could act." I mean, are you going to talk about my favorite? And I know who she's thinking of. And yes, I am going to mention her favorite singer slash actress. Um, and and she's really the goat in this category, in my opinion. That would be Barbara Streisand. Um, also an Oscar winner, uh, multiple nominations across the board. Um, was a director at a at a certain point. She she does. Now the reason I bring all this up is that um, you know, I'm going to go the other way. Some some singers cannot and should not act. Uh, Madonna is a terrible actress. She's a great entertainer and performer. She's a terrible actress. Uh, Bing Crosby, although he won a Best Actor a Best Actor Oscar, he's, he's awful. He's absolutely awful. And um, and Elvis, you know, well, Elvis, Elvis was Elvis. And I don't know, could he act? I, yes? No? I Whatever. Could, but he was Elvis. He got away with it. Um, Talk about a singer who should never have acted, uh, Phil Collins. Now, it doesn't help that I also hate his music, but whoever thought it was a really good idea to have him star in a movie and try to carry a movie uh, should be incarcerated in some sort of offense-to-art prison somewhere. Maybe The Hague can handle that. Buster was basically 102 minutes of torture, boring torture at that. Collins plays the title character, uh, who is a petty criminal who is, I believe, trying to impress a girl by robbing a bank or something. That That's how interesting it really was. If for some reason you like Phil Collins, listen to an album of his for 102 minutes instead of queuing up this garbage. So enough of the worst. Only two this episode, but since I already dumped all over seven bombs this month, that should be enough. Uh, let's look at the good stuff screened here in June, and we're going to begin with a double header. Um, and I put them together. I know the list is short and I did group two together, but bear with me. So I have world of tomorrow from 2015 and how do you measure a year from 2021? And I decided to lump these two films together because they have so much in common. They're both shorts. Uh, they were both nominated for Oscars and they both involve young daughters and their dads. And they both piss me off so much because I wish I thought of these ideas, both of these projects. Oh, I was mad. I was I was happy and I was mad. Anyway, World of Tomorrow is a delightful animated short by filmmaker Dan Herzfeld. But the star of this film is his four-year-old niece, Emily, who voices Winona May. And Winona May is as sweet as that name sounds. The film consists of Winona May talking about the future, her future and the future of the world. The brilliance of the film is that Hertzfeld just recorded his niece talking about random things, as children do, and he just edited her musings into a coherent story. Um, and he and he created the the questions to ask her and and the responses weren't really responses to any questions. They were just things that she was just spouting out. It's everything you'd expect from an unscripted film from the mind of a four-year-old. It's compelling, zany, it's sweet, it's head-scratching, and it's really funny. Damn, I wish I thought of this. 
Oh, damn, I wish I thought of this part too, is how do you measure a year? In this short documentary of film, a man named Jay Rosenblatt came up with a series of questions for his then two-year-old daughter, Ella. The questions never changed, and he filmed this interview every year until Ella turned 18. It's absolutely adorable. Ella's answers make little to no sense when she's really young. Uh, One of the questions is about power, and Ella has no idea what the word means. As she gets older and wiser, Ella's answers become more thoughtful and introspective. And uh, there are also years when she can't wait for this once-a-year experience to be over with. (laughs) As a father, I couldn't help but think of my girls when watching both of these films. Um, I used to think that old adage, Mom, they grow up so fast. I used to think that was bullshit. I am here to tell you that is some serious shit Um, because it's so true. I'm so proud of my girls and the strong, independent women that they've become. These movies made me think about how fortunate I am to be their father and how happy I am to have such wonderful women in my life. And it also made me think about how pissed off I was that I didn't think of either of these ideas, and I should have. Um, ah, moving on, from 1950, we have Between Midnight and Dawn. There's really nothing overly spectacular here. It wasn't on a list because it was nominated for or won an Oscar. It wasn't made by a favorite director of mine. It doesn't star any of my favorite actors or actresses. Uh, The only reason that it caught my eye, and I'm glad it did, uh, as I went through TCM, what TCM was offering for the month, um, it sounded like a good film noir movie, and I really love film noir. Um, from, From IMDb, Prowl car cops on night duty romance a reluctant young woman who works for the department while in danger from a vengeful racketeer. There are a lot of noir words in that description. Um, I read that this was one of the few times that a movie at the time uh, was made about the beat cops uh, as opposed to the detectives who seemed to cinematically get all the credit uh, for the crimes that were being solved. Uh, This is gritty, it's enjoyable noir, and it presses all those noir buttons. Uh, Next on the list of uh, the best things that we watched here at Cinema Wellman in June, from 1926, The Blackbird. One of my favorite old-time movie stars is Lon Chaney. Mr. Chaney has 162 acting credits in his career. 161 of those films were silent films. And actually, the only talkie he ever made was a remake of one of those silent films. Lon Chaney was the star of the film He Who Gets Slapped. And if if you're a regular here at Cinema Wellman, you might remember that that is the silent film about a circus clown who gets slapped for entertainment. And, and that's the film that I made my own soundtrack to, and it was all Tool music. <laughs> it's good stuff. I still have, I'm going to cue that up soon. Um, The Blackbird is a silent film in which Chaney plays a man who is living as two men. And they both fall in love with the same woman. And that can't be good. The Blackbird was directed by Todd Freaks Browning. So this is kind of a three-part recommendation. Uh, First of all, see anything you can directed by Todd Browning. See anything you can starring Lon Chaney. Uh, 
And also, don't be afraid of, you know, afraid of silent films. Uh, there are some tremendous ones out there that are definitely worth a look. Which leaves us with the best film screened in June here at Cinema Wellman. It's from 1952, and it's Rancho Notorious. Now, when you hear, see the title Rancho Notorious, what, what genre comes to mind? The Notorious suggests film noir, but that rancho reeks of Western. And a Western, it is, although not your usual film of the genre. It was made by a renowned Austrian director and stars a very famous German actress in the American Southwest in a Western. Uh, As I went through the TCM roster for June, the title caught my eye. Um, I went straight to IMDb and they had this to say, after the murder of his fiance, a Wyoming ranch hand sets out to find her killer. I I was in. I, I love a good revenge Western. Then I saw that it was directed by Fritz Lang, who directed M, um, and stars Marlena Dietrich. Say what now? That's it. Correct. Fritz Lang and Marlena Dietrich. So the DVR was set, and, and I wasn't disappointed. It really checks all the boxes when it comes to the revenge western genre. And, uh, and to see it all through the eyes of an excellent European director made it even more interesting. I, I read this little anecdote on IMDb, and I wanted to share it with you. Uh, Fritz Lang wanted the name of the film to be Chuck-a-Luck, since that was a popular gambling game played in the, in the saloons in the Southwest. That's the setting in the film. The game's played in the saloon in the film in which Dietrich works, and it's mentioned by the characters. It's got luck in the title, which means gambling. It's It's perfect. Lang was shot down because he was told that Europeans wouldn't understand what it meant. And his response was, well, it's a good thing they all know what Rancho Notorious means. And Rancho Notorious means nothing. It has nothing to do with anything in this film. And Chuckaluck is such a good name for a revenge western. You were right, Fritz. Well, that's a wrap for June's screenings here at Cinema Woman, our best and our worst. Thank you again for joining us. So, you know, we here at Cinema Woman realize there's a ton of content out there, and we appreciate you carving out some of your entertainment time um, to spend here with us. Uh, whether you read the blog, you watch it on, on YouTube, or listen on Spotify, um, we're all pleased that you're consuming all things Cinema Wellman, no matter how you do it. And always consume safely. Please join us next week when we will be doing something very special here at Cinema Wellman. There will be a special episode launching on Tuesday, July 4th. Not next Friday, but next Tuesday, the holiday, July 4th. That episode will be devoted to just one movie. And I'm pretty sure you know the movie. uh, But join us to see if you're right. Until then, take care and always swim with a buddy.